Welcome back to Got Nothing For You. That's right. If your eardrums are popping, that is because Devin is on his honeymoon. Patrick is leading the charge this week. Uh-oh. Thrilled to have you back. Can you wait for your intro, please? Um, if you are a new listener, really appreciate you joining. Hopefully you can make it through two episodes with me. I trust that Devin will come back with a with a renewed sense of, of purpose and really come back to crush the podcast. But until then, it is going to be me leading the charge. Um, appreciate all the new listeners coming on. A lot of the engagement in the fantasy update. We will have a fantasy update towards the end of the show. Um, I am joined by my wonderful fiance for her make her second appearance. Yes. On the podcast. Yeah, she's um loud. I have her sitting a little further away from the mic than I am, but you will you will hear her relatively easily, I would I would think. Um, but we do have a great show for you, as always. Uh, we're gonna talk about fire tokens, we're gonna talk about the edge of extinction, existing relationships. Oh yeah. But first, Katie, we're playing for two mil. Two million dollars. The way they freaked out was probably one of my favorite Survivor moments. It's pure like, joy. Pure joy. They were like jaws on the floor on the sand, I guess you would. Yep. And then went what right they into call drinking. The outdoors. <laughs> right into drinking champagne that they were awfully suspicious of. What about Prost is toast? Because a drink before war is always a good idea. And then slamming down the champagne. It was the only time I didn't love Probst, but you know what? I think he was just excited the moment got to him. He was a fan too. Yeah, he he definitely fanboyed a bit, which was exciting. It was just a really cool moment. They're in the middle of freaking nowhere on like a sand dune in the middle of the ocean, just drinking champagne, throwing the glasses for the PAs to pick up afterwards. I loved it. Well, let's take a page out of War Winner's book and let's get right to it. Let's do it. Straight to the Munich Challenge. Do it. They split the tribes up, so misdirection right off the bat, not men versus women. Mm-hmm. Split the tribes up, your first challenge is live, and guess what? It's for reward and immunity. Crazy. First time in my knowledge that's happened in Survivor history, uh, they got a minute to strategize, um, and... Adam's it, mind was blown. Well, Adam had the best reaction to going right to immunity. <laughs> he, like, had a damn near heart attack. I, I like Jeremy's reaction, because Jeremy was the only one in my eyes who seemed like... This is a great idea. Let's do it. Wait, you you like Jeremy, babe? Oh, let's oh, wow. zip it. Okay. Zip it, okay? You want to come back next week? we kick you off next week. I already have another guest book. Don't worry about it. She'll be gone, folks. Anyway, Jeremy, love you, buddy. First immunity happens. Um, am I the only one that thought the tide and the wind was blowing a little bit into Call's direction? Or I got my Jeremy glasses on? At first, I thought it was, but then it started going the other way. Okay. So the other the other team got the got the waves, kind of helping them in the in the second round. So I at first thought it was a very unfair advantage because of the way the ocean was going. But, but no, even though okay, well then I guess the Salay tribe just got smacked. Really, uh, they lost three to three to one. Actually, each one of the individual battles was was pretty good, but uh, seemed like Rob was the only one to really nail the strategy, which is go all the way to the one rope yeah. and then just ride it down. Um, that was the one when they got Rob showed up for the Sele tribe. Natalie went twice and lost for the Sele tribe, but all credit to DeCall. Um, they won that. Uh, they won that reward. They won that immunity and no rice, no nothing for the Sele tribe. They were sent back to camp with two days before a tribal council. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, again, another unprecedented twist. Um, we're going to stick with the Sele tribe here through their tribe. We're just going to completely skip over how Kim completely beasted and went from one side. Literally, Natalie's fingers were inches from touching the pole, and Kim ripped the entire team in the other direction. You're just going to skip that? Well, I have it later in my DeCall breakdown. Well, we're already at camp. Yeah, in my 
I'm sorry, which one of us has a Survivor podcast? All right, all right. We'll talk about that with the DeKal tribe. Kim did beast it. Beast Here's my girl. It was insane. But that's neither here nor there. It's certainly not here because we were talking about the Sele tribe. Sele tribe goes back to camp um, pretty quickly. The names start swirling. Rob's names comes up. Adam and Denise make the rookie move of going off on their own. Boneheads. Okay. Got a soundboard in here as well. And Natalie and Jeremy's relationship also comes up. Then everybody goes to sleep. So all this is kind of out in the ether. And then everyone loses their minds. It seems like having a day to sleep or not sleep, as Adam said, on what you may or may not do at Tribal Council is a trigger for extreme paranoia because that's when everybody started really scheming. And um, the one I definitely want to talk about is uh, Ben's conversation with Rob because... It looked like one of them belonged and one didn't. Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, Ben also just got in his own head. Like, his commentary to the camera was like, I don't know how Rob does it. And Rob wasn't really doing anything. He was just asking him a question. But Ben, I think, is just a, such a huge Survivor fan and probably didn't doesn't feel like he belongs. I think he said that. He said, I don't even know how I'm here. So I think he just geeked out and like half of it was Rob being super strategic. And I think the other half was Ben just geeking out over even the fact that he's having a conversation about strategy with Rob. It kind of reminded me of when, you know, I did something I wasn't supposed to do as a child. (laughs) And my mom would say, Patrick, did you eat an entire sleeve of Oreos while I went upstairs? And, you know, just 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 let the air out in the room and let me let me find my way in, into, into being grounded for a week. That's what happened. He said, ben, you know, I find it hard to trust you if you're not willing to share the names. And then, oh, it just broke Ben. Yeah, that was a, that was a that was a man that is dealing with four little girls and trying to figure out things that are going on in his household. With an adept skill. I'm giving all credit to Rob for that. I think he broke that. No. No. I, no? I, you, I, I think, actually, yeah, I would give full credit to Rob, but half of it is Rob's legacy and half of it was Rob in the moment. I would say the two of those things got to Ben. I had a moment where I thought Ben was going to really fuck up when Ben was like, oh, I, I forget who it was. Rob looked at him like he was the stupidest person on the planet. And then Ben finally was like, yeah, that's not going to fly with Rob. It was Danny. <laughs> Thank God he came to his senses, though, because I was like, oh, is he? really going to say he forgot who threw Rob's name out there. So now let's talk about the flip side of this conversation. Brilliant transition into Danny. Rob then approaches Danny in a very calm way. He doesn't say, Rob, Rob gets all this information, does not reveal where he heard this information because Danny told it to a group. And then Danny never asked. Mm -hmm. Rob was able to coax out from Danny. Yes, this is what happened. And then Rob, I think very very wisely. And I, I mean, I don't think you have another play, not a good play at least. Just say, you know what? Thank you for being honest with me. Thank, I can trust you now. Yeah. Building a relationship from something that might have already been one where she didn't want to play with him at all. And she might still not, but they were able to align over that. And that brings me to my next topic, the pre-built relationships. Uh, Robin Pavardi did not, excuse me. You say Am I saying? Parvardy. 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 Sorry, Freddie. Sorry. Freddie? Freddie was the one who Called me out. He <laughs> sent me a phonetic email of how to pronounce your I name. I thought you were saying Freddie Mercury, and I'm like, it's not Freddie Pavardi. Okay, we got it. Yeah. We're back on track, people. So Rob in poverty had a negative relationship on a previous show. They form a bond early on. They so humbly identify themselves as the two biggest threats in the game, 
and Very strategically humble. kind of agree to, you know, we're, we might not work together in the long term, but for now, we're going to need each other to get through this phase of the game, which I think was smart. Do you think that relationship specifically has legs? Because it seems like meat shield for meat shield. But I do not think that relationship has no, legs. Why not? I think what Parvati said in Tribal says it all. She says, each one of us has a loaded revolver behind our backs. And I'm like, I could tell that with you. Like, she yeah. is like, let me not be the first to go. Let me latch on to Rob. I think that it might last maybe like a couple more boats. I don't think let this me, is one that's going the distance. Let me ask you this, because I agree with you. Let me ask you this. Do you think it goes, it doesn't go the distance because they are both such big threats? Or do you think it doesn't go to the distance because one of them will betray the other? I think I think one of them will betray the other. And mm. I'm maybe saying that because I don't know anything about Parvati. I never saw her season. I never saw Rob's season either. I just know that he's a legend because they built his head. And from this episode, I mean, his showing in just mm. the first immunity challenge, his showing back at camp of playing this really calm, cool, collected game when his name gets thrown out. I feel like the new players would freak out over that and start coming up with another plan. And his plan was like, let me just address the person whose plan this is and squash it. So yeah. I think he's a threat. I don't know why she thinks she's on the same level as him. Do you know why? Well, let me to play a little devil's advocate. Uh, Rob's big, biggest critique is that they brought him back a fourth time to get his first win. So he was 0 for 3. Not many people get that fourth shot. And so that's the critique to Did Rob. Um, and God, I could, now I've just got to think about her name. Parvati was uh, in the final, the final two with Sandra when Sandra was awarded her second, which would have been Parvati's second as well. So Parvati's game okay. is is relatively elite. It is a different type of a game, and it's a game that she seems to be wanting to play a different one now that she's a mother. I disagree with you, though. I think that they're going to get picked off, and I think that's going to be the end of the relationship. I don't see them having any too many other homes. Um, but there were two other relationships that really kind of became the crux of the Sele tribe. That was Natalie and Jeremy, Adam and Denise. Adam and Denise, they went off in the wilderness. How dare uh, they look for um, water? You know, shout out um, Taylor Avery, who said, yeah, I think uh, Denise, the sex therapist, gets lost in the woods with Adam for a couple hours. Yeah, fat chance. So <laughs> not my take, but it's it's one to keep an eye on. And Jeremy and Natalie obviously play together, and they did, they've been doing a nice job of like kind of doing the flashbacks when these people play together before. So yeah. you can see those relationships. They were, they were tight. They were tight. And Natalie even said, when Jeremy got voted out, I was playing for him, not just my sister. I was also playing for him. Mm -hmm. So they connected on a very, very deep level. In the end, of course, the way it went down, uh, Natalie is the one sent home. That hurts some fantasy teams. That hurts some hearts. Yeah, that hurts mine. But let me ask you this. Be objective as possible. Between Adam and Denise and Natalie and Jeremy, which pair was more important to break up? I mean, clearly Natalie and Jeremy and Adam is the one who called that out of tribal. He he was like, I think it's hilarious. Everybody's talking about my relationship with a woman I met yesterday when there's clearly way bigger threats on this team together that have, that go way, way back. So I think that was it was the smart move to break those. Two yeah, up. it hurt. It hurt. And it, in hindsight, it should have been painfully obvious that they would become an instant target. And we this is such a oh, different yeah. season because on. A lot of other seasons we talk about don't be egregiously bad in the challenge, don't be lazy around camp, and don't go off on your own. If you do those three things, you've got a pretty damn good shot 
You have to be an unbearable human to like be sent home if you're going to do those three things. In this version of Survivor, one of those sins was committed. If this was any other season, right, any other season, those two go off in the woods, they're putting eight votes on one of them or four and four, and it's done and dusted. But on this season, that pre-built relationship, I agree with you. It was, it was, it hurt Natalie. There was nothing she could have done differently, I don't think. Um, she seems up for extinction, which we'll talk about later. Um, and so just to close things out on the Sele tribe. So Natalie's out. They go back, uh, obviously, to another challenge. And it didn't look good at first. They looked out of whack. Yeah. Then the boats started to drift in. So two people who, you know, we, we pointed out could be absolute beasts, showed us why they're here, showed us why they're members of these of this season and why they are winners. Rob's performance and Jeremy's performance in this challenge Insane. put the team on her back. Literally. Any any other comments on that? I mean, I'm just I just need I mean, to get it off my chest. One of the most insane things I've ever seen. I at first thought I was like, okay, Rob is past his prime. He's got like a little bit of a belly. But then, you know, with the first immunity challenge, like I, was bod, like, I was like, okay. Yep. I was like, okay, but he was also pulling himself along the ropes. I'm like, I don't know. There's somebody else with him in that challenge. This one, he's literally launching people. They weren't even hitting the barrel. They were flying straight over it. Yeah. He's underwater with his hat still on. I don't know if you saw every time he came up, he made sure he put it put back his on. Hat still on, which that is, is hilarious. What is yeah? What is his deal was with the folks at Fenway Park? But damn, he just was throwing them over. And then when it came time for him to come over, people were like not helping him. He was like, "Pull me, pull me!" He's screaming. It, so it was. Uh, it, obviously, Rob's performance there was great. Um, but on the other side, of, on the other side, um, once once Rob chucked, you know, I think it was Danny, uh, Denise, and Harvardy over. You know, Jeremy's a little tougher to get over that yeah. big thing for Rob. And so on the other side, Ben tells Ethan get on my shoulder, starts pulling from Is the that other Ethan? side. Ethan, I thought that was Adam. No, it was Ethan. Ethan. It was okay. Ethan. Yeah. And so you know, we got some gamers on this tribe, and then they were behind. It didn't seem like they were going to get it. Jeremy Collins. Do I need do I need to talk about how I love him, or can we just let the let him speak for itself? We let it speak for itself. I am going to choose to believe that he only shot it three times. That was not creative editing. That he shot it three times. Three times went down. Sorry, Wendell. You're also our boy. Everyone's our boy. I have I legitimate anxiety this episode. I know. I know. There's so many good people. So many people you love. So many people in your fantasy league. I feel like the fantasy adds like another layer to it because maybe people you aren't necessarily huge personal fans of, they're still in your fantasy league. So it was a very tense episode. Like every second I was like, what is going on? But yeah, Jeremy's performance in that, I mean... His way to stay just like totally calm and collected. They were coming from behind. This would have been their second loss if they lost. And he just stayed in the game and didn't let, you know, the external factors and Sandra freaking screaming from the yeah. sidelines for her team yeah. uh, to distract him. And I mean, it is a, insane. it's a double-edged sword for him. Um, but the fact that he was betrayed right off the bat, he doesn't care about anything but himself anymore. He's not interested in playing. He's, he's. He's doing self-preservation from day two. I think I think so, but I think he's also a really good, like, good with teamwork because when Propes was trying to give Jeremy all the credit for that win, Jeremy handed that trophy right over to Rob because right. he knows he would have never been Skill recognized skill. So, I mean, skill he definitely is out for himself, but he knows that at least for these, until the merge, he needs these people for the challenges. Yeah, and I think that, I think for, for all of it, uh, you know, I think that Jeremy is, he's safe. 
they wanted to break up the relationship and they decided to keep Jeremy presumably because of his aptitude and challenges, even though Nat is a beast in challenges. She was the only person to go twice on her tribe. Uh, Kim, I believe, went twice on the twice on the Dakal tribe. Um, but, you know, that's it for the Salé tribe. Uh, going back over to the Dakal tribe, obviously, you mentioned Kim's performance Oof. in the first immunity challenge. Stud. Yeah, there is. She she doesn't have the luxury to be able to play slow the way she did on One World. She has to come out fast because everyone knows her game. now. She can't play this. Oh, I don't know how to compete in challenge. Nobody has that luxury. You know, everyone's cards are on the table. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. But... <laughs> So they win the first reward, win the first immunity. It's all hunky-dory at camp. They're making a nice big um, nice big shelter. Uh, Wendell, Kim, both. Uh, w- Wendell's a, a furniture maker, interior designer. Kim's an interior designer. This camp is going to be gorgeous by the time that they're done with it. Hammocks. It's going to be beautiful. Cheers. So we go to that second challenge that we just talked about, the Sele tribe coming back. The Call tribe had a huge leg up. Sandra sat out, which is... Uh, her M.O., if she's given the opportunity, she will do it. Um, she had no problem telling Tony to pay attention, which I... It was hilarious. I hope that they can be a two. Eyes over here, Tony. Get your head in the game. Oh, I loved it. I'm like, you're sitting out and you're yelling at this guy. I mean, to be fair, like, what was he doing? But well, she yeah, he's, kills me. Tony, Tony, going back to Game Changers, and I promise I'll leave Game Changers in the past. As soon as he gets to try to, to his camp... And they're building the shelter. He goes, okay, the shelter's coming along. I'm going to go look for an idol and sprints off into the woods. Yeah. He brought that up. The guy the guy plays hard He was fat. resisting every inch in his go. body to go and run off. And he, he even said it. He's like, I'll just, I want to go right now, but I'm not going to do that. So people <laughs> can change. Is the moral of that I'm story. not sure he's changed. I just think he's becoming self-aware. <laughs> yeah. He's a sentient being now. And well, so, then that, that's a change. Fair play. Fair play. So they obviously lose the challenge. Um... You do have to think they blew it a little bit. You think oh, that yeah. they, they, they should have they should have been able to sink a couple of those um, those ring tosses and get out of it clean. But didn't happen. In any case, uh, we go back to camp. Sandra's name obviously gets brought up. Um, she's the only two-time winner. Didn't really seem to get any sort of attraction this episode. That's obviously something that will get traction eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the longer it goes for Sandra, obviously, the better. Um, Nick's name comes up, which I think is something I want to... Just put a pin in for a later episode. Maybe he's a bit of an outsider on this tribe. Maybe he doesn't quite fit in. And then when things are going well, he could be a, a pick. And then Tony, maybe he came up. I feel like everyone's always kind of a little bit thinking Tony. <laughs> but the big thing was obviously the Poker Players Alliance. And I'm going to go to the gram. We have an Instagram question from Freddie Carrera. Big Fred, teaching me how to pronounce things and asking great questions. <laughs> Is the Poker Alliance real or was that an act at tribal to throw people off the scent. I presume the scent he's talking about is uh, those people who were propagating the Poker Player Alliance, getting their names out of the mud. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Poker Alliance is real. When they flashed to that, to them playing poker, it seemed like a dumb joke that they made sitting around a poker table, probably having a couple of drinks of like, yeah, if we ever play, we'll be in an alliance, ha ha ha. Like, I feel like you could have swapped out any person that played Survivor and they would have said the exact same thing. So I feel it was something that came up Yule sniped it, just randomly remembered it because he's a genius. And I think that that's actually, I want to credit him to Yule there for even bringing that up because I don't know how many people knew that they played poker, knew that that was mentioned. And I think that he actually used that to to lump those three together because not only are you creating one target, you're creating three now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I think it is real. I think that any bond, any connection that you can have with somebody 
outside of the game is an advantage to you. Whether it, no matter how big or how small, if you go into this game without knowing people, without even a conversation, without even a sense of connection, you have to work from day one. If you have anything before that, you don't. And whether or not it's going to be a, it's going to move the needle and send somebody's game, you know, all the way to day 39, I doubt the Poker Player Alliance had that. But especially early, we talk, like, how, how little does it take to be the first one to go home? Yeah. And you just need to find a thread of something and you just got to push it. And for somebody like Sandra, why wouldn't she jump on that? Especially with her, you know, little vendetta against Rob, which I do want to, want to touch on as well. Um, and I guess we can get on to it right now because uh, it came down to, so the Poker Player Alliance, Tyson, Amber, Kim, uh, really the only other other name that ended up being in, in, the, in the sphere towards Tribal uh, was Nyx. Uh, but those were, the, those were the four people that were kind of up in the air at Tribal. Uh, it seemed like a lot of, a lot of the push, while not, well, she was kind of behind the scenes, Sandra was. Always. She, I don't you know, know how she does it. She walked right up to Loud Nick and said, now they're saying it's you. Scenes. Yeah. And so do you think that her relationship with Rob, like how, I mean, it's tough to know what was actually said on Island of the Idols, but she seemed to be legitimately hurt. Yeah. Or was she playing a game? Uh, no, I think that she really was. Like, I think she was pissed. I think that's a true story. I don't think it's not a real story. I think she was pissed. She brought it up twice. It came up when she when they first all see each other and mm-hmm. she sees that Rob is there and she's like, are you freaking kidding me? And then it comes up again in Tribal. I think she was really like, loyalty is her thing. And she spent, what, 40 days on, on an island with this guy? As a friend almost. They weren't competing. Yeah. So I think she was pissed. And, you know, queen stays queen. She, she got what she wanted. So that's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, well, there you go. Spoiler alert, hopefully you're not listening to this with uh, out getting to the bullet points here. But, yes, Amber gets uh, six of the votes. Kim gets three, and Nick gets one. He gets his from Amber, so he's really got nothing to worry about. So maybe just being, like, the easier vote. That's really the only thing he might have to worry about. Um, before we talk about Amber, should Kim be worried? She got three votes. No. I think, like, same like Jeremy and Natalie... You want to break up an alliance? I think it's broken up. I mean, I know it. There's still there was three in this, but my, I I genuinely do not think the poker alliance was real. Kim was saying at tribal, she's like, if it's real, I'm not part of it. And usually, when something like that, if it was real, like Tyson would get pissed off and be like, what do you, what do you mean? They, they didn't build up any sort of drama that there was any bad blood from people denying. They this all alliance. wanted to squash it. I mean, they're all smart players. Yeah. they don't want to have this alliance built in. But sometimes you get the behind the scenes sure, sure, the survivor. Sure. So um, I don't know. I don't think that Kim should be worried right now. I think in the in the long run, she's really good in challenges. She's a really smart player. But I think for right now, she, people are going to use her as a pawn because she's going to be wanting to get in, in people's good graces. I I'll, I'll I'll probably be proven wrong on Wednesday night, but I think that Kim was just left out for the potential that the Poker Alliance was real. That it was always Amber. It was always it was never going to be anybody else, and they weren't going to tell Tyson and him for the simple fact of they thought they were like let's let's just leave the three of them out. We don't need the three of them. We can handle our business without them. And if you look at the way that the rest of the votes went, it was split four three in favor of Amber. So if three votes went anywhere, it wasn't going to go on Kim. So I do think that they really have no interest in Kim. 
Though I do start to notice a little bit of a collision course between Kim and Sandra. They, Sandra was not really receptive to Kim's, Kim's advances, which if you want to bring somebody back into the fold, maybe you're a little bit more compassionate to their concerns. Sandra was not. She laughed in her face. Sandra's the only person who could laugh in somebody's face. Kim just literally stop, melted to the floor and was like so desperate. And Sandra was like, yeah, I'm not telling you nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Queen stays queen. But we I do have know, a... But now she's weak and she's coming, playing from the bottom. And I think Sandra, Sandra can use that. So we'll I think Kim's, Kim's... I think Kim will get herself back into the game. Uh, I think there's skeevier players on this tribe between you know Tony, Tyson. Makes a little bit of an easy vote. Ewell is such a strategic threat. Yeah. Sandra's won twice. There's other a lot of targets out here, and that's not to discount any of the other players, of course. But got a question again from uh, Nick. Going to butcher this. Garrison. Great. Shout out DC United. Should they have considered how Amber can help Rob from Edge of Extinction before voting her out? Absolutely. Yeah. They. they I mean, hmm. the fire tokens are new this season, though. I. I don't know if they they understand what the power of these fire tokens is going to be. I do think it should have been a bigger consideration. I also think that just having Amber and Rob still around as a shield because they seem like easy votes to me should have been considered. I didn't love the Amber vote. It felt Mm. pretty easy to me. And I do think it felt a little bit thoughtless about what these fire tokens could come to mean. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. On one half, I do think that they should have considered how Amber could help Rob from the edge of extinction before voting her out. Um, But I think that criticism could only be directed towards Sandra because she received an idol before this tribal council. Nobody else, never in the edge of extinction previously when it was out there, could people send things back to the main island. To To our knowledge, they have no knowledge of the fact that this can be exchanged with the exception of Sandra. And Sandra was spearheading this decision. So, yeah, I think you can ask that question of Sandra. And I think that Sandra is one who won't really be too concerned with that. However, sorry, they know that the more fire tokens you have, the more things you can buy. They all read the list of things that you can buy. So even if they don't know that something can get sent from Edge of Extinction, they know that she has that Amber has to give her token up when she leaves. And that means that Rob has one more token than anybody else on the island. So... I don't think Sandra's is the only one in a bad position. I mean, she saw the power of like, holy shit, you can get an immunity idol. But the other people should have definitely been talking about Yeah, that. but I think any sort of advantage was at least three. And so if they're going to say, okay, we'll give them two. And no one else is going to be dumb enough to give them a third. I mean, maybe that's exa- that's to the point. But um, I think that you you... You said it felt easy. I think the first... You want the feel, first vote to feel easy. You want to get through the first vote. And so for me, take the easy shot, whatever it might be, whatever the consequences are, you deal with it. You survive. You figure out where the lines in the sand are, and you can adapt from there. It's not going to work for everybody, but I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't see another vote that makes more sense to me than, than, than Amber. Um, even Kim and Tyson voted for Amber. Yeah. You know, this was... If you're, the, the vote was intentionally split, Kim and Tyson flipped onto Amber. Amber was the only person not going this direction. So that's a, that's a pretty, pretty steep uh, curve. But uh, we just started talking about it. We're going to transition right into it. Edge of Extinction seems like it's, it's here to stay. That's Probst's indication. That's Survivor's indication. And 
excuse me, it's back in from the very beginning of the game now. And at first, I was not really about this. I was not a favor of, for me, if you get voted out of Survivor, you're out of Survivor. You don't make the merge, you don't have a chance on the jury. Uh-huh. You know, really mm-hmm. hard-o for the, for the old times. But seeing how this plays with the fire tokens, I think is very, very interesting. I think it has a potential to extend jury management to day one. If this means they remove idols from the main island, and make it a little, okay. make it more about getting an idol, less through happenstance and more through your relationships with those people who have been booted out, or at least your perception. I am for that. I'm I'm ready to do a full full pivot if that's kind of how it plays out. If there's still a ton of idols on the main island, I, I'm not really going to see the point of it. Um, but basically, we saw how fire tokens can work. You obviously have to give them up. Jeremy has two. Rob has two. Um, Natalie on the edge of extinction found an idol. And gifted it to Sandra. And so that's an interesting one. Natalie clearly said she wanted her tribe to lose. What do you make of her giving it? How to give it to somebody on the on the losing tribe. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. But I'm sure she wanted to give it to Jeremy. Yeah. So that Jeremy could then but I don't think Jeremy would in any case. What do you make of her giving it to Sandra? She has a lot of options. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, I think that she was probably just looking at who was the person that is probably the biggest target tonight. And you would think, you know, Sandra, two-time winner. And who's the person that if she stays around past this, I could work with. And I think that's exactly what she was thinking. I think that's bang on. And I think it was a, and I'm looking at this roster. And I mean, I think you can make the case for several people. I think that if you give it to somebody like, you know, Yule, I think Yule's, Yule's somebody that you would probably want to curry favor with as well. The strategic big threat, the one you could kind of assimilate back into. He's already shown kind of this social game. But Sandra's a great point because it's only good for three episodes. She has to pick someone oh, who it? she's fairly certain is going to be a target soon. And so I think it's bang on from now. I think she nailed it. Um, so obviously, yeah, we saw that exchange. Sandra, now with zero tokens, did not have any doubt about trading that in. <laughs> right decision for me. Yeah. I don't really think we need to spend too much time on that. Um, and so we can see the start to play, start to get in, in, into the, uh, the fire token starting to play already. Uh, we don't really know their power. So we're going back to the Instagram for question number three, Kevin, forget your last name. I just call him big Kev. That's his middle name and his last initial. So here we are. Um, how big of a role do you see fire tokens having on the outcome of the game? Great question, Kev. Outcome of the game. I think they're going to have a huge outcome. I mean, you see it already. Like someone just it first episode got an immunity idol sent from Edge of Extinction. Like I, I feel like the fire tokens were a great way for Survivor to actually bring Edge of Extinction more into the game. I think your point from earlier, it felt like a whole separate thing. And it was like, oh, you're going to eventually have a chance to get back in the game. Oh, you're eventually going to have a chance to get back in the game. And that was the only looming threat. Now it seems every episode, every time someone's going, there is a ripple effect of what's coming over from Edge of Extinction. So I think that it's going to have a really big outcome. And I think to what you said is it is going to be early jury management. You want to have relationships with people you vote out. You don't want to tell someone to go fuck themselves after they get voted out of tribal because you want whatever they're going to be sending. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And I hope people start realizing that soon. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine it having a, a nominal impact on the outcome of the game. I think that I think that whoever wins is going to be somebody who can sit at the final tribal and say, 
I had such good relationships with those people that they gifted me advantages. I accrued fire tokens when they left. They gave me advantages. I used those advantages to advance myself into the game. I think that if if somebody's able to tell that story at the end, it's going to be very, very hard to beat them. Yeah. Especially when the people who are voting for their fate are sitting on that jury. That's what's going to be tied together. The people that are going to give you the advantages are also going to be on the jury. And so you're linked you're linked to those people from day one now. Yeah. And so that's, it's very, very powerful. What, what, what'll really become, I think the, the factor is will the rest of the players realize that and paint those people as the biggest threats? Because I think jury management, basically you want to get all the people who have received an, an advantage or have received given gifted tokens. Those people are the biggest threats to win the game because they've, gotten proven votes from the German votes. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. I think for this season, because it's a bunch of winners, I think people will catch on to what you just said. I would say if this was a bunch of first-time players and first-time fire tokens got involved, it would be too late for people to realize that the person that's getting a bunch of fire tokens, that's getting a bunch of things from Edge of Extinction, mm. is the threat. I think that because it's such a strategic game of you know, 20 winners, that that is going to come up a lot sooner than I think it would. It might take some time for everyone to be wise to what's getting exchanged back and forth. Cassandra, she's not going to say a damn thing. So Natalie knows. Natalie might tell somebody on the edge, but then only the people on the edge will come back into the game. You don't know how this information is going to carry. And so it may take a long enough time for somebody to accrue a big enough advantage before anyone really knows what's going on. I think it's really interesting sending something to give somebody else an advantage when you are also hoping to eventually battle to come back on the show. So Natalie giving Sandra this fire token and wanting her to stick around is basically her saying, when I come back, when it's my shot, I want you still there and we're going to battle it out. And I think that's, I think that's pretty interesting. I think let's battle it out, but like give me an ally because clearly I have none on my tribe. Give me an ally, but it's also as as you start to, I mean, Sandra, I wouldn't say is a physical threat, but if you're gifting these, fire tokens to people you find physical threats and then you're supposed to be trying to get back in the game mm. going up against people you might have gifted somebody something that kept them in the game and then be the one to lose to them when you're trying to get back on the island. right yeah any sort of a threat absolutely that makes total sense so uh appreciate y'all's questions we'll be asking questions every thursday on instagram that's got nothing for you on the gram for numeral four no g on the nothing yeah that's how it works yeah and yeah, we'll yeah. the more the more uh, the more questions we get, the more we'll, we'll read on air. Love to have your engagement. These are great questions too. Um, if I'm ranking the questions, I would have to go Nick, Kevin, Freddie. Freddie, step your game up. Now, moving on, we're going to close out the show with some of our favorite segments. Love you all, though, and you are the ones that ask questions. Uh, we did get a question uh, from MJ News as well. It says I'm looking for wrestling fans. Are you one of them? So, no, don't not for me. But if you like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> MJ News on Instagram. Um, I don't really know what the call to action is. I'm, he's just asking if we're wrestling fans. Uh, check him out, though. Um, so, three segments to close the show. Uh, some of our favorites. I'm going to do three up, three down. This is a segment where we say who, who three players we think are on the ups coming out of this episode and three who are on, on the other side of that, out of this episode. Um, then we're going to do our Power Move of the Week and a fantasy update. So, three up, three down. Uh, for me, first one I'm giving out is to Sophie. I think she had the best episode. The way she described Yule as a nerd shield seems like a great strategy. She does not seem to be on anybody's radar early. I am here for Sophie. Um, and then I'm giving one as well to Yule. Um, 
I, I think that he's going to get found out as such a strategic threat in this game, but he might be the smartest survivor player out there. He's just, he's so cerebral in the way that he can just bring things up and get other people to come to their own conclusions. He's not the one making the decisions, but he's feeding everyone the information to make the decisions. Love watching him play. Um, third is Ethan. When Prope said Ethan was probably the most likable winner of all time, um, you know, I thought as always, that's, you know, he's just gassing that guy up. He's the most likable survivor winner of all time. I just want, I want him to win. He's not on my fantasy tribe. He's having that level of impact. And I'm a huge Ethan fan. Other side, three down. Got to go with Kim. Um, she had a rough episode. She was on the outs. She was a little bit desperate at camp and at tribal. Didn't look great to me. Um, going with Rob as well. Rob is painted as a threat on his tribe. His wife was voted out on the other tribe. He does have the extra token. But I think he's had an uphill battle. To be fair to him, I think he's had an uphill battle since day one. But that's another one. And then my last one is Adam. Uh, you know, I, I he was another guy I think that is you know similar to Nick. I was debating between Adam and Nick. Maybe there's a fantasy bias here. But Adam, I think, is just has the potential to be an easy vote for his tribe. He's got he's he's a little bit shady, even just because of the perception, you know. Um, but I mean, he's, he he can still get back in. I'm not as, as strong as his down on the rest, but that's my three up, three down. Katie, you're going to ask you to give you the West Nail power move of the week. For those of you who are new to the show, West Nail was actually on the season that Natalie won the Blood vs. Water season, and West won a reward challenge, got pissed drunk on margaritas, threw up, and was so sick at the challenge that he was really bad, and then got voted out at that very next immunity. And if that's not a power move, I don't know what is. So we named a segment after him. Katie, what is your West Nail power move of the week? I have to say it's anything Rob did this episode. From the very first immunity challenge when he won it for the team to going back to camp, getting his name thrown out, squashing that conversation like a bug. Like you weren't even worried about him walking into that tribal and he should have been the one that you were most worried about. And he wasn't even on your radar. It was Adam, Denise or Jeremy, Natalie. And then him just launching people over the barrel roll was the most insane thing I've ever seen. So he had, in my eyes, a fantastic episode, but it was loud. It was a loud episode for him. He was out there. He is a strategic threat. He is a physical threat. So I do not think that he played a very covert game. So I'm not going to disagree with your him on the down. I just think he was power moving all over this episode. Yeah, it was a um, it was an edit that suggested they won't have a lot of Rob to show. <laughs> so that's a great power move of the week, though. He did have a powerful episode. Power moves, plural. We're going to close this out with a fantasy update. So as I mentioned on the email to all of those of you who are in the fantasy tribe, we got 29 entries. That is amazing. We appreciate all of you. I am hopeful that this thing continue to grow. We can put it online. You can actually engage with it like a normal website instead of me just vomiting out my Google sheet to you. But the fantasy update, season-wide cast member, top, top scores, um, Sandra, queen stays queen. Queen stays. 16 and a half points so far this season. And we have... Um, Four other people who are, or five other people rather, who are level on points. That is Kim, Nick, Tyson, Wendell, and Yule. The differentiating factor is Sandra's idol. So we will keep an eye on this. The spread is going to be pretty short. Uh, 
or pretty tight in the first few episodes. It's really going to break open a little bit past the merge. But now what you all care about, you don't care about who got the most on the show. You care about who is winning amongst us. And so we're going three to one with 52.5 points. Tim O sitting in third place. Big start, Tim. Joseph W has one more point. Sitting on 53.5. Go, Joseph. Wait, who's that? 58.5. That's a lot of points. Oh, that's Devin. That's Devin. That is my better half. Not my better half on the podcast. My better half that is on his honeymoon with his better half. That's a lot of better halves for you folks. But Devin, with 58.5 points, proving the legitimacy of this podcast. Don't ask me where I am. At number one on the charts through one episode. We'll Good keep job, an eye Dev. on it. You're not going to read bottom three, are you? Um, Please don't. Yeah, why not? No, don't read the bottom three. I don't think anyone cares. They this is hilarious. No, I, so, think we're, I think we're good. Katie is in third to last oh, with 30.5. You my, guys, I picked Natalie and Jeremy on my top five. Like, the two of them are So did I, but far. I'm not that far down. Oh. Um, Tim. Tim and Drew are right there, right down there toward the bottom. Um, Tim with 27 points. That's my brother. Hilarious. Drew, I'm rooting for you. Put Tim down to the bottom. Drew's on 26.5. Tim and Drew, unfortunately, were the two with both Amber and Natalie. So, makes sense that they are where they are, but you can get points on Edge of Extinction. There are plenty more points out there. We will be back next Tuesday to go over this fantasy update. Yet again, obviously, a whole new episode of Survivor. Katie, thank you for joining me. Next week, I believe it'll be my loser brother, second to last place. We're getting a little bit worse. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, so third, third to last, yeah. and then Tim, and then maybe Drew can join you. Yeah, we'll maybe. see where the we'll see where the points take us next week. Loser in the charts, winner in my hearts. Until next time, we got nothing for you.